with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Well, good evening, everybody. I hope you are having an awesome October, gearing up for Halloween. Yes, it's Anne, the Blonde Bombshell. I'm flying solo this evening because Van Helsing is doing, well, what all good vampire hunters do in October He's out hunting vampires, trying to save you all so you can have a great Halloween. So here I am. And tonight we have a lovely guest from Iowa. Am I right? Did I screw that's that up? Correct. Yep. That's okay. Correct. All right. I got it right. From the Benton County Historical Society Paranormal Tool Tours, we welcome Katie Hopkins. Hi, Katie. Thank you. I'm hi. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Just a little flustered. I don't usually do this by myself. But as I said earlier, we'll all do just great. Just great. Yes. <laughs> so, so, Katie, I've been creeping on your Facebook page and your website, <laughs> of course, because I want to know everything about you guys. And first of all, yes, can you tell people where you are located and what, what do you do there? Yeah, so um, we are, I personally am located in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, um, but the historical society that, that I'm a part of um, is in Vinton, Iowa, so just about 35 minutes from, from where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do, uh, we, my husband and I, uh, we are the paranormal tour managers for the Benton County Historical Society, and we uh, allow paranormal investigations of our two very haunted locations, uh, the Horridge House and the Vinton Train Depot. So we'll typically take people on a um, brief historical tour, show them the hot spots as well of where uh, the paranormal activity is in both locations. And uh, then we just let you book the night to uh, explore on your own and see what types of activity you can catch. Nice. Very nice. How long have you guys been doing this? Um, My husband and I both have been in the paranormal field um, for just over 10 years. Um, We both had experiences longer than that. Uh, The tours, though, for the Historical Society, those have been running for about a year and a half now. Oh, nice. It's a great way, I think, to support your local historical spots. Yep. Because so many times they're just left to rot. And Mm -hmm. uh, I know here in my little town of East Bridgewater, we have a few places like that. And it's really difficult. I'm actually uh, the president of our little historical society. And when I say little, it's like four people, including me. Um, (laughs) It's difficult to rally the troops and get people involved and get out there and, you know, stick up for your, your local history. So it's, it's, it's definitely, it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. So, so you don't live in Vinton, but, uh, how did you come to take up this cause? 
Yeah, so I'm originally from Benton County, um, a oh. little town called Walford. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've been around Benton County my entire life. My parents still live there. Um, so I've I've had some ties to the county at least my entire wow. life. Um, as far as the historical society, though, uh, the president of the historical society, um, she had seen one of my books being promoted in the area that I wrote. Um, Oh, probably about three, four years ago. And she reached out to ask me if I was willing to do um, a presentation there for uh, the society and for people to come and uh, donate to to basically have a, a small fundraiser um, for the historical society. And I, of course, you know, said, yes, I'm all about supporting um, historical locations. That's my, my background's in history. That's what my bachelor's degree is in. So mm-hmm. I'm very much um, uh, in the the yes for um, supporting and, and giving back to historical locations. So um, that's how we got our ties with the historical society, at least. And then just about, um, I would say about two years ago, uh, we pitched the idea to Sharon, um, the president, and said, you know, it, it was mid-COVID. The museums were struggling, especially mm-hmm. this one in the little town of Vinton. And, you know, we, we just said, Sharon, this is a great way to bring, one, people to the community, mm-hmm. get exposure for your locations, but yet be able to keep the lights on. Right. And, uh, she, yeah. And she was all for it. So Josh and I have a lot of experience running locations. I mean, we've ran locations prior to this um, or managed them. And uh, she trusted us to do it. And now we've been doing it for quite some time. <laughs> That's great. I mean... To be so well-received, that was actually one of my questions uh, that I was going to ask you was, you know, how was the response in the town Mm -hmm. to your group and the tours and and things Mm -hmm. like that? Um, And so it sounds like you were, you know, welcomed with open arms. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's... it's, um... It's really great that the the community in the town of Vinton is very open to the paranormal. Um, I'm sure there's some people there that that aren't as open, but what we've done so far, um, we've I mean we get a lot of oh well, great job, you know, thanks for you know bringing people to our our little town, things like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, it's been a great um, it's been a great thing going on there, and and hopefully it can continue for a while. Great, and you're always going to get somebody who's cranky like that like oh, yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. and just, those are really close-minded people and they're just like curmudgeons i call them curmudgeon quite frequently but he does have an open mind he does uh, <laughs> can't pick on him he's here uh so that is awesome that they welcomed you in and i that was so what book uh, did you have out? Because that was also another question down after reading about, you know, all your endeavors. I wanted to kind of book. Yeah, um, I actually have three books. Um, oh, my yeah. <laughs> my first book was called uh, "Seeing Spirits: Opening the Empathic Door." Uh, my second book was called "Visions from the Afterlife," and then the third book uh, is called "Iowa Haunted Corridor." And actually, Josh and I. Um, put that one together, together. Um, we we oh, did nice. um, photos and drafted a lot of the pictures for the the book. And he actually did the cover art for it. Um, and then I did a lot of the writing, but he also had input um, 
into the stories and things that we incorporated in the book. Oh, that's that's great. I love all those haunted books. I just I have so many <laughs> wherever I go, like, oh, I'll get one another one of these. So no. so you're also an empath or you have a psychic? What what is your forte there? <laughs> Definitely not psychic. Um, okay. Empath, you know, I always tell everyone, everybody has empathic abilities. Somebody, mm-hmm. or some people's are just stronger than others. Um, okay. There's just been things in uh, the past where, um, you know, there's certain things that pop into my mind and then, you know, it's validated or, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, things that I just vision. And that's kind of what visions from the afterlife talks about, but also in my first book, um, seeing spirits. I talk a lot about how that has developed for me over the years um, and just what it really is for me. Um, A lot of people say, no, I can see a spirit right in front of me. I can't do that. Um, That's not, that's not what I do. Um, What really happens for me is if we're in a location or even not in a location, um, just random visions will pop into my head, whether it be a person, whether it be um, an event, something going on. Uh, And I usually will tell people because I'm like, well, can I see if this is, you know, if there's any validation to it, if there's any, uh, you know, reason, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And Mm -hmm. so some, I think, you know, the ones that are no, there's no validation, maybe it's just coincidence. And, you know, who knows uh, my imaginative mind or um, (laughs) if there is validation behind it, then that's great. But um, it's really settled down for me a lot though in the last probably five to seven years, um, or actually probably more five years just because Josh and I have a family now and we don't get mm-hmm. out and do a lot of um, the paranormal investigating on our own. We just do a lot with the managing of the the locations, but um, it still happens every once in a while. So, <laughs> Right. Well, I think if, you know, if you have it, you have it. It's, it's just that mm-hmm. feeling of, yeah. you know, you just, you feel like, you know, something, uh, my daughter is a little bit like that as well. My husband, especially, but he just ignores it, uh, <laughs> completely. <laughs> oh, sometimes we'll go into a place and he's just so, I can see that he's so uncomfortable. I'm like, why are you so, what is the matter? And he's like, I don't know. I just, yep. I don't feel right. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel yep. right. And it's, it's, it's odd. It's odd. And he, so anyways, he doesn't like to vocalize it, but I think it's great that I think you have to say something. Mm-hmm. And I know that, uh, Leslie Martin, who is our, our lovely psychic, we work with her all mm-hmm. the time. She's just the sweetest person ever. I love her so much, but she always says, you have to, you just have to spit it out. You have to say what's in there. Yeah. No matter how bizarre it seems, <laughs> and people will look at you like you have three heads, but you just, you just have to say it. And, and Maureen Wood as well, another mm-hmm. psychic that she uh, works with Ron frequently. She used to actually, actually be a co-host on the show. She okay. still subs for me very frequently. She says the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. so just put it out there because- yep. It's no matter how strange someone yeah. is going to say, yep, that's it. Yep. That's it. Exactly. Um, so what, I know you've had a lot going on lately. You, mm-hmm. you, so you have two locations 
that you yep. kind of go between. So, so the Horridge House, which right away piques my interest with that name. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's got horror right in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what's up with the Horridge House? Can you tell us a bit about the history and sure. maybe what's going on there? Sure. Yeah. So the Horridge House, um, it was built in 1859 by a man named Dr. Klingen. And um, he only really had the home for maybe a year or two. And then he actually sold it to a guy that was building a house uh, just right diagonal from the back of the Horridge House to a man named Willis Franklin Williams. Um, and he was building his home. It's, this, it's still there. It's this beautiful Italianate home. Um, now, now a funeral home, actually. Uh, uh-huh. But um, <laughs> but he uh, was building that house and bought the house from, from Dr. Klingen, I'm assuming, just to kind of oversee the building of his home. But that home took 10 years to build. So, wow. uh, yeah, it's it's quite uh, big and, and it's, it's really nice. Uh, just, it's absolutely gorgeous. Just really speaks true Victorian style home to you. And then, um, so then in 1869, he, uh, Willis Franklin Williams sold the home to George and Elizabeth Horridge. Um, so George and Elizabeth, a uh, little bit about back history of them. Um, Elizabeth used to be known as Elizabeth Rock, and you will actually find Elizabeth Rock Horridge on a lot of things. Uh, she was married prior to George, and her husband, her first husband, was George's business partner. Um, they were hardware merchants and tinsmiths, uh, a lot of different uh, trades that they did in the community. They were very both very wealthy. Um, but in 1861, uh, Augustus Herman, Elizabeth's first husband, passed away unexpectedly. Um we have tried multiple times to find his cause of death and there is absolutely nothing out there. We can't hmm. find a death certificate. He was not in the civil war. He actually died prior to the civil war breaking out. Um, and so we are, uh, Josh will tell his um, theories and thoughts on, <laughs> on what happened to Augustus Herman, but I won't go into mm-hmm. detail of that, but um, okay. uh, yeah. And then not even about, Oh, maybe a year, year and a half later, uh, George and Elizabeth were married. That's so interesting. Again, you your, yeah. <laughs> you can see where I'm going with Joss's thoughts. Yes. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so then George and Elizabeth were married. Elizabeth was about nine years older than George. Um, oh. And she had children with Augustus Herman, but not George. Um, they then lived in the home uh, and Elizabeth would have actually lived there up until 1900 when she died. Uh, but she actually didn't die there. She died down in Lake Charles, Louisiana, in their summer home. She was elderly, uh, uh-huh. wanted to try to get back here, but but was unable to do so. She was just too frail. Uh, mm-hmm. But they did bring her body back to Iowa um, and to her home where her funeral was held. Her funeral was held in the Horridge House. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then so after, uh, after Elizabeth passed, um, George married a woman named Carrie Smith. Carrie was 30 years younger than George. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, that so, road. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Um, her mother was only four years older than George. So it's oh. quite the dynamic. Ah. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Uh, so that literally. And, yeah. <laughs> literally. Uh, yeah, it's uh, quite the, it's, it, I mean, they had a great, uh, a great life together. Um, George died, though, about 19 years before Carrie did. George actually oh. lived to almost 97, so, but he did That's die in the house crazy. as well. Wow. Um, Just and, uh, like, good Lord, man, when you kick off, 30 years old, right? <laughs> 30 years older than me. 
<laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. And they, they traveled a lot, did a lot together, but, uh, and then Carrie's mother, um, lived with them till the end of her life as well. She died in the home too, but, uh, George, um, and Carrie traveled all over the world, didn't have kids of their own, um, uh, at all, but, uh, Carrie did not die in the house. She did end up falling down the stairs in the house though, that eventually led to her death. Um, so there's a lot of things that happened in that house to really lead up to the paranormal side of things. But, um, one of the biggest, you know, things that we always tell groups, uh, because the Horridge house actually houses all of the historical society artifacts and collections. Oh, nice. Um, Nice. So we talk a lot about haunted artifacts, um, things attached to, to artifacts. Um, because the, the spirits that we get in there, we have had people say, you know, I communicated with George, communicated with Carrie, Elizabeth, and so on. But um, we've had a lot more spirits in there than just those three. And so we do talk a lot about attachments uh, to to the artifacts in that home uh, right. because we don't know where some of these artifacts come from. So we... Yeah. Um, we don't know what could, could be attached to them. <laughs> that's, that's so true. It's great. It's so great. You have a place to house them. Our mm-hmm. historical They're like scattered all over town. No one, everybody's like, oh, I got this in my basement. I got this in my attic, blah, blah, blah. But that's fantastic. You have mm-hmm. like a museum, a depository, if you yep. will. And, and people can come in and see them. But I see what you mean about absolutely who knows where this stuff came from yeah but it's it's it sounds like there's a lot going on in the horrid <laughs> house uh yeah. all those people dying there and yeah i don't know that that sec- first wife yeah the first wife probably yeah. not real pleased about the 30 year younger yeah. uh, trophy <laughs> wife trophy yeah, wife yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yes and he married carrie barely a year after oh boy uh, she died so yeah they well, were quick back then <laughs> men and men don't like to be alone they just don't yeah my true. man my man doesn't so <laughs> so your other location is the yep. the, the train depot yep mm-hmm. what's so what's happening there yeah so the uh, all that sure so the train depot operated as an active depot for 67 years so um Thousands, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people came through the depot in Benton, and uh, even Howard Taft um, came through uh, when he was campaigning in 1908, and, wow. and he came through, and I mean, just tens of thousands of people were there trying to get a glimpse of him and uh, climbing up on the roof and all of that. So there's a lot of just residual type energy there from that, but also um, just across the tracks is a house of uh, Myrtle Cook. And we, we talk a lot about Myrtle Cook when it comes to the depot, just because her house is right behind you. And um, what happened with Myrtle Cook is uh, September 7th of 1925, um, she was shot and killed through her kitchen window. <gasps> oh. And yeah, so and the town of Vinton has a lot of um, tragic history, I will say. Uh, I mean... And, and I'll go back to Myrtle here, but just kind of to backpedal, but it, it's got a lot of tragic history of murders and um, outlaws coming here and just running rampant because there was no law and order until about the early 1850s. So in the 1840s, when there were people there, um, I mean, they were going and, and stealing and, and killing and doing all of this just crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. that energy, you know, to me, it sticks, especially energy like that. And so 
Um, we also we also talk about the land and the history of the area when when discussing the paranormal as well. But um, to go back to Myrtle, mm-hmm. uh, a little backstory of her. Uh, Myrtle Cook was the president of the Women's Christian Temperance Union of the Benton area or the Benton County area. Um, that was prohibition group. So she was a prohibitionist, very radical prohibition, prohibitionist. Oh. Um, and she was also, uh, the chapter lead of the KKK in Vincent. <gasps> oh no. Uh, yeah. So, um, okay. how they integrated into the North. Yes, it is the white supremacy group that we hear of know of today. It was terrible. Uh, how they integrated into the North was telling these radical prohibitionists, um, hey, we will help you with your cause, basically, if you help us with ours. And so um, or she became a very, um, like I said, a lead member of the that chapter uh, in Benton. Shortly after she died, they were kicked out very quickly. Um, uh-huh. around. But yeah. uh, she um, basically what, what they're saying could have led to her death. One motive of it's still an unsolved case to this day. Wow. Um, we still don't know who, who killed Myrtle cook probably never will. But um, one of the, the stories to who could have done it um, was her husband. They had been separated for five years and he was up in Sioux city with another woman um, ended up marrying this woman about four or five years after Myrtle had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the coroner's jury that they did, um, he de- denied having a uh, relationship with this woman or a, a romantic relationship. And then in the coroner's jury, she said that they did have a romantic relationship. Oh. So, um, there's just a lot of things that lead up to, we, we do, our senses say it was probably the husband hiring somebody because he right. did have an alibi. He was in Sioux City during the time of her death, but people think he hired somebody to, to kill her. Um, oh, good the man. Second, yeah, the <laughs> second one is um, she had re- or put out a list of bootleggers' names, uh, just about a week prior to her death. Oh. And so there are others saying, and they, they were jailed. They were fined a lot of different things. Um, and so they're saying maybe one of the bootleggers had yeah. killed her, you know, in a, a rampage and um, revenge, basically. That's, um, like, that's like messing with the mob. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah. Really? Right. Yeah. yeah. Not too so, smart. Yeah. And so that's, um, you know, Myrtle Cook's background is, is being shot there. Her funeral was, um, the, the church still stands where her funeral was, but it was in full KKK regalia. Oh, uh, my God. It was, we have pictures. It's creepy. I hate it. It's, they're eerie to look at, yeah. but um, it was led by a KKK leader. Um, there's a picture of them, actually, the pallbearers and the the clan that was there. Um, there is a picture in one of our books uh, that the Historical Society has of her um, coming out of the church and, and they're carrying her casket down the stairs. And it's, um, it is a very eerie picture to look at and you can still see those stairs to this day, yeah. uh, you know, that, that they're carrying her down. So you just really, uh, it, it's kind of thinking of the past and just the things that have happened around in that area. But, um, yeah, Myrtle's buried, uh, in the area, local cemetery. So, um, mm. It's a interesting story, and and, and unsolved unsolved murders are always interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, Myrtle, Myrtle! Anybody, <laughs> anybody is up for right. grabs? I think on this, there's yeah. probably so many suspects on this list. Uh, there are, yeah, anybody, mm-hmm. anybody, and of course, 
you know, you're crossing the train depot. How easy would it be for someone to just ride on in on the train? Yep. Take care of Myrtle and hop back on the train and be on their way. I mean, wow. And that's um, what they had said more than likely happened. And there was a thunderstorm that, that evening. um, And they say that the person had shot the gun during a crack of thunder. Mm. um, And the daughter, uh, the adopted daughter actually heard a, a bang on the floor or heard her mother fall to the floor. She was upstairs. Mm-hmm. and uh, came down and saw her mother. Basically, I think she was taking her last breaths when oh, she... Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's frightening on yeah. all <laughs> levels. On all levels. Yeah. The bootleggers, the KKK. We've got everybody yeah. in here. The cheating husband <laughs> yeah. or right. whatever. That's yeah. maybe hearsay. Oh, yeah. He uh, was a cheating husband. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's no denying. It's yeah, like, there's no it's, denying. Yeah that definitely criminal intent episode. Wow. Myrtle was, yeah, I'm going to say Myrtle was pretty ballsy. I'm going to say it. Yeah, she was. She was. Yeah. That day and age, she very much was. Yeah. So you think you have maybe Myrtle coming over to the train depot, like some, a lot of transient things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we do sometimes feel that the energy from Myrtle's house can draw um, things there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we have had the ghost box on and we have talked about Myrtle and have gotten some weird voices that come across. We get a female's mm-hmm. voice a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Can we say it's Myrtle? No, uh, we've never had it say I'm, you know, I'm Myrtle or when we ask it says yes. Um, right. But we just, you know, a lot of the energy from that, um, and it, all of these places are also central to to everything. Um, I mean, the Horridge House is just right across the street from the depot. Myrtle's house is right behind the depot. The oh. funeral, um, where Myrtle's funeral was held, the church, is literally just a block away. I mean, it's all really local. It's um, all right uh, there. And wow. So We have to take a break, Katie, though. Sorry to jump in there. Uh, You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation on TogiNet, and we will be right back after these messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. 
Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Tonight we are speaking with Katie from the Benton County Historical Society Paranormal Tours. And before I jump back in, I forgot to mention before the break, I have to do my little promo thing here. We are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom at 336 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Mass. And the Gallant Messier Family Law Group at 4 High Street in North Andover, Mass. Boom, there. Okay, I did it. I had this all written down. I'm like, I got to do all this stuff. Van Helsing usually handles this. So here I am. <laughs> um, so you were you were talking about the train depot, Katie, and, and you do have all that energy that you feel like surrounds that whole area. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, so I saw that you have year-round tours. You're, you're out there all year. Yeah, so we we do. Um, I mean, basically, they're they're whenever anybody books. Um, oh. we don't we don't cut off the locations during the winter time. We the only one we do, I guess, is the depot, just because of the plowing the snow and stuff in that area. But right. um, yeah, I mean, if people want to book the horde house uh, during the winter time, they're they're more than welcome to. Um, it like I said, it's only a thirty five minute drive for us so i mean this weekend we do have a group out there and uh next of course with halloween coming up but absolutely uh, yeah uh but usually in the winter it is a little quieter but um uh i mean yeah there is heat in the the building as well so so that helps that's that is a that is a bonus uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) we've been on a number of investigations where it was pretty cold and yeah it's not my favorite place to be in the middle of winter <laughs> in an yeah. unheated, haunted building. So I'm glad. I'm glad you have heat. I'm glad you have heat. Yes. It's very, very important. So I wanted to ask you, Katie, how did you get into the whole paranormal thing? Did it start as a child? Yeah. What led you down this path? Sure. So, yeah, when I was 10, um, I was at my neighbor's house. Uh, my neighbors had a grandson and we would typically go over there and play with him. Um, and we were in the, their basement and I saw an elderly man sitting in a rocking chair in their basement. Um, I was 10. I didn't really think much of it, I guess, um, until I got older and researched this field a little bit more. And I was like, holy moly, I saw an apparition when I was 10 years old. <laughs> um, you know, I was like, I saw an actual full on full bodied clear as day apparition. And, wow. um, 
And so I thought when that happened, I mean, I clearly, I was 10. I didn't, you know, go off and say, oh, I'm going to go research, you know, paranormal. Yeah, all right. Um, you know, I just wanted to, to know what I was going to do, you know, next. Are we playing capture the flag or, you know, playing tag? What was going on? <laughs> but um, so uh, and then once I got into history, um, you know, really my paranormal um it, when I got intrigued into it was really in 2005 when, you know, ghost hunters and all that, that came out. Um, but then I started getting more deep into the paranormal and wanting to be active within it in 2012, when I started working for, um, the grout museum in Waterloo, Iowa, uh, I was a museum assistant there. I managed the home. Um, I was there, um, or I say, I'd say the Rensselaer Russell House Museum. That's the home I was in. Um, and I was uh, in the home eight hours a day by myself. Ah. I would hear footsteps upstairs. I would hear rummaging out in the kitchen area. I would oh. hear voices. And um, I just got super intrigued by it because really my passion for history is what led me to to the paranormal. And mm-hmm. um, if you ever listen to Jeff Belanger do oh, a yeah. speech. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of his things is he says that uh, history is just one big ghost story and that it's history demanding to be remembered. That that okay. quote sticks with me everywhere. And I always, of course, give him credit. Wonderful guy. Um, we, we really like Jeff. Uh, but um, in that really just, you know, I look back at, at all my experiences and that really holds true. But um, getting involved, uh, I, I knew a paranormal team that was in the area um, and it was close to where I went to college. I was still in college and um, I, I reached out to them and I said, hey, I know you guys do this stuff. I'm managing this house. Do you guys want to come and investigate it? And, <laughs> and they were like, they said, yes. 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 Uh, because <laughs> they were the first to investigate the house. And so that's always a big thing, oh, you know, paranormal when you get to be yes. the first. And, yes. Um, and so, and they knew of the house too. And I didn't realize that. They're like, oh man, we've been trying to get in there. And, you know, of course we'll come and investigate it. So my first investigation was in February of 2012. Um, and I got to, to join them on their investigation and it just rocked my world. Like just seeing all the things that, um, happened. I mean, the piano that was, a a, um, an original piano of one of the daughters of Renzler Russell, uh, it played on its own when we were there. And, and so, yeah, it was just, it was one of those experiences that, um, it it kept me in the field clearly because I'm still in it to this day. And, uh, that's really what what got me to to today to being in the paranormal field, being as active as I am. Definitely goes back to being um, the manager of, of the Rensselaer Russell House Museum. Wow, that and that's exciting. How how exciting! All right, all my paranormal people that are listening to this right now, <laughs> someone dumped something into your lap and said, "Here, would you like to do this investigation first? Oh, you're going to scream, and that right. is. So it's, it's the pinnacle (laughs) for a paranormal group to be given access to a place like that. And, Mm -hmm. and that must've been kind of serendipity for them. That's really cool. And and what about, so your husband, Uh what, what was his experience? Can you tell us how he got involved in it? Sure. Yeah. So 
his really was the ghost shows, um, you know, ghost adventures, ghost hunters. He really liked watching those, seeing the places that these people got to go to. Um, his first investigation was with his friends out at Villisca Axe Murder House here in Iowa. Oh, jeez. Um, the first time? Holy crap. Yeah, his Villisca first time was at wow. Villisca. Uh, but then his uncle um, purchased a building here in Iowa, um, a very well-known building called Edinburgh Manor. Um, and his uncle purchased the, the building. Josh said, hey, can I come out and just do an investigation? And um, his uncle said yes. And so Josh uh, went there with a few friends and um, had an audio recorder. And they caught the first ever EVP at Edinburgh Manor. Um and Josh went to his uncle the next day and said, hey, this place is super active. You need to open this up for paranormal investigations. <laughs> and that is how Edinburgh Manor came um, about to be open to paranormal investigations. So everybody can everybody can thank Josh <laughs> when, nice. it comes to, uh, when it comes to um, you booking your paranormal investigations right. there. Um, he is the one to thank because he is the one that told his uncle you need to do it. Um, and so that's really what got him into to be active, I guess, in the field is he got that intrigued from from the shows, but then had experiences at Villisca, had experiences at, at Edinburgh and then, um, you know, and encouraged his, his uncle to open it. And he led the tours out there for probably five to seven years. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, that's where I met Josh was at Edinburgh. <laughs> um, Ooh, and uh-huh. so, yes, we have a quite the, quite the love story. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, that's how he uh, came about and, and was uh, gotten to the field. That is awesome. You met your husband on a ghost hunt, right? <laughs> yeah. That was the tour guide. Yep. <laughs> that's a match made in heaven. <laughs> Everyone, really is. Right. Yeah. Everybody wants their spouse to be interested in, in the same things they are. And I yeah. know that opposites attract, but to have that bond, that yeah. paranormal, that paranormal bond, it's very cool. And, yeah. you know, you don't have to, you know, explain things or, oh, can I do this? Can I do that? Because it's just mm-hmm. like, yes, of course, yeah. of course, we're going to do this. Um, and is that so the Edinburgh Manor is also mm-hmm. probably another historic uh, property? Yes, it is. Um, it was the county poor farm um, for a while. Uh, and actually, the first county poor farm of Jones County uh-huh. uh, was there prior to the manor. It was just a little uh, a little to the side of it. But they tore that down, built this one in 1910. Um, and then it housed, you know, those who, who were poor and, and couldn't work. But it also housed, um, you know, it housed the, the sick, uh, the insane. I mean, it, it was... Um, it, it did house people with mental illness. And then after his later years, um, it was more of a care facility, uh, rather than a, a poor farm. Um, so it did house a lot of, a lot of people who couldn't care for themselves, um, multiple different, um, multiple different disabilities and, and mm-hmm. things that, that got them there. That is quite literally a gold mine for mm-hmm. paranormal investigation. I would say, yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and, and um, Ghost yeah. Adventures actually filmed there. Um, uh-huh. I was going to yeah. ask you, I was just going to ask you about that, right? Yep. <laughs> and yeah, he's, so, he, he was oops. featured. Go ahead. He was. Yeah, Josh was actually, um, he's the first person they talked to in that episode. Uh, he was, was there and his sister as well, uh, my sister-in-law, Hannah, uh, she she had a little bit in that too, but um 
you know, the things they caught were very consistent with things that, that we've caught there as well. So a mm-hmm. lot of people ask us a lot, you know, did they, did they fake anything? Yeah, right. did, you know, yeah. I mean, like, I can't really say if they did or didn't, because I don't know, you know, what they got, if that was truly what was happening. But, um, I mean, the things that they caught, the things that happened to them happened a lot to, to us. So mm-hmm. we say we feel it probably was sincere. So That's great. It's good mm-hmm. to be, to have the validation. Yeah. And, and you have also, you've been on, on my ghost story. Yep. Right. And what did, what did you, did you talk about the, the Vinton, uh, buildings or, or another site? No. Yeah. It was the Russell house, the Rensselaer Russell house. Oh, when they okay. Got into the field. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. That, what was that like? I mean, I, <laughs> Yeah. It's got to be pretty exciting to have someone call you up and say, yes, we'd like you on this, you know, yeah. national TV show. <laughs> yeah, it, it was exciting. And that was, um, that happened actually in 2012 when I first got started in the field. Oh. Um, so it was actually, I think around July of 2012, when I got the call that they wanted to, to have the location and me on the show. And, uh, uh, it was really cool. It was, um, I got to fly out to LA for a few days and mm-hmm. do my interviews and stuff out there. And then they flew um, a cameraman to the Russell house to do reenactment type things and, um, do some B roll, uh, type videos. But, um, it was a neat experience to go through just to kind of see how production and all of that works, um, all right. mm-hmm. in for the shows, but also, uh, even when ghost adventures came, I was there and I, you know, I watched, um, a lot of how that, uh, takes place too. And, uh, it's serious business. <laughs> oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I do. I work at our little, uh, local public access television station here in East Bridgewater. Yeah. And it, and there's so much that goes into it that people never think about. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it is, it's very serious, <laughs> Yeah, yep, very is. serious behind the scenes. Cause it has to be just so you know, yep. and yep. you need what you need. So <laughs> that is awesome that you both got that opportunity to be featured in these shows, especially where that was what got you involved mm-hmm. in paranormal. And I know for me, that's also what uh, got me into the paranormal was all those shows as well. It's about mm-hmm. the same time that I started thinking, geez, that really really like to do this. Mm-hmm. That, I think that would be fun. So you have a cemetery also that I noticed you guys have gone to the evergreen cemetery yep. because I am a wicked, uh, cemetery enthusiast. <laughs> and I just photograph historic cemeteries wherever I am. Tell me about evergreen cemetery. What, what is, uh, there's a lot of local celebrities there or who's in there? Yeah, Yeah, it really, yeah, you just nailed it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's basically every pioneer that you can think of that was in Benton um, is buried there. I mean, George Horridge and his family are buried there. Um, There was uh, Sherman um, or I'm sorry, Buren Sherman, excuse me. He was the 11th governor of Iowa and he was from the Benton area and he's buried there. So that's pretty cool to have. He's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There is um there is a Civil War memorial in the the cemetery. Um it's a huge cemetery. Um so yeah, I mean any 
really multiple um, pioneers are buried there. I mean, there's there's probably only a handful that aren't. And so you can go and, and visit their graves, um, some graves dating back to the late 1700s. So it's pretty cool. So uh, where did Iowa fall in the Civil War? Because they're kind of yep. in the middle. <laughs> We're kind of more northern, but yep. in the middle. Yep. Yep, it was um it was in the Union. Uh the break for um uh the Union versus Confederacy was right in the middle of Kansas. Uh our friend who lives out in Kansas, he another Civil War buff and loves all that history. Uh he talks a lot about where the break was and and kind of the differences between the Union and where you could go to be in the Union, where you could go to be uh, in the Confederacy. So yeah, we were, uh, the whole state of Iowa was union, but um, we were getting close, getting <laughs> close to the Confederacy. If you go to Southern Iowa. So uh, I, yeah, I know. And, and when you look at it on the map, you're like, well, it's, 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 uh, debatable, you know, which mm-hmm. way it could go. It's, it's, it's kind yeah. of like out here, where would, where would the break have been like, uh, yeah. Mar- Maryland, uh, not even sure. Um, it was been Virginia. Virginia. Um, yeah. Yep. Virginia was Richmond was the capital of the Confederacy there. And right. really, the um, it, it, I should I said middle of Kansas, but really it's middle of Missouri. If you look, I mean, so, go south of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think of Kansas because I think of our friend that talks a lot about it. But uh, yeah. So yeah, Virginia would have probably southern Maryland. It really just kind of gets muddy when you get to right. those areas. Yeah. There, they were, you know, states that that separated. You could either be Union or you could be right. Confederacy, depending on where you are in the state. It's that whole Delmarva area. Like, <laughs> if it's actually, you know, we drive down. Mm-hmm. My son lives in North Carolina, so we drive down a lot. And you mm-hmm. get in that. It's actually a thing. It's Delmarva, uh, <laughs> wow. and you're like, yeah, it's all mixed up here. It's all, yeah. all like a big, that a Mason big Dixon line. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you, so you've been doing these public investigations for a while. Mm-hmm. And do you think that the, the public investigations have changed over time, like changed your results from like when you were first in there mm-hmm. to to now, do you mm-hmm. feel it has changed or influenced your results? Sure. Yeah. Um, as far as the activity in, in the locations, if it's mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that happens with any, you know, location that, that has public paranormal investigations. And, and just reason being is because I think once you get started, you drag things in for one. Right. Um, but two, it opens up a whole new realm to that mm-hmm. location. Um, you know, possibly opening portals, possibly, you know, again, just uh, bringing out spirits that didn't think that they could necessarily be seen or heard. And mm-hmm. it has definitely, um, activity has picked up uh, since yeah. we've started these. Uh, we do believe that somebody did a seance in the horror shop. Uh-oh. Um, we came, well, our, our 
one of our board members went in one day, found some of our candles uh, burnt on one of the tables. And uh, uh-huh. it hurt a little bit because they burnt our candles. But two, yeah. safety, <laughs> we don't want the house to burn down. We want it to stay there. Yeah. Um, right, and right. Uh, ever since that as well, um, activity has been uh, a little more crazy. Um, we've had the basement door unlock on its own. My mother-in-law heard that and went and checked it, knew the door was locked, went over there, saw the door was unlocked. Um, It's really picked up uh, since we've, we've started all this. Wow. Yeah. You just, it's, it's hard to judge, obviously people Mm -hmm. who are going to show up for your tours, you know, it it is what it is when you have a public investigation. Um, And so do you ever have, like, do you like, people have so many reactions to Ouija boards. Do you allow them? (laughs) So right now it's on our rules to not use them. Um, Us personally, we, you know, if if you know how to use them, my husband will tell you, it's just like a spirit box. It's just on a board. Right. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's just another method of communication. If yes. you know how to open and close it, um, yeah. now can it, you know, not, it's, you just don't know with the paranormal, you know, right. it's like, you can say, I know how to open and close this thing by saying all of these different words, but it's a spirit on the other end. Do you think they're going to listen? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, same with the same. Yeah. 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 And we're, we're debating on, on that rule. Um, we have had some people give us not, not too many, a lot of people are pretty respectful and, mm-hmm. and, you know, if there's rules, there's rules, you abide by them or you don't do it. And, um, and we've debated on discussing that rule a little further, uh, just because we know that what is going on, you know, if it's a seance or if it's a ghost box or even just the communication of saying, Hey, tell us who's here that can open up so much more than an Ouija board can. So um, it, it's in the discussion of what we're going to do with that. <laughs> well, yeah. And you have to remain in control because you're the caretakers here yeah. and yeah. that is the way it is. Yeah. So yes, that's, that is ultimately your decision. So I know that you recently, you had a, a walk in the past. You had a, like a walking ghost tour. And yep. was this J- Jeff Belanger and uh, Josh Hurd <laughs> yep. both there? Wow, that's yep. exciting. What, how yeah, did that go? Fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, so last year we had Josh uh, as our special guest. And so this year we wanted to make it a little bigger. Um, so we had Josh, of course. He's a good friend of ours. <laughs> and then uh, we decided to add Jeff this year. Um, we had seen Jeff's TED Talks. We knew, you know, he was the, uh, or a part of Ghost Adventures. Um, and just, I mean, he's just an all around cool guy. I mean, yes. he's just really cool. Uh, yep. he's done so much too. I mean, just as all the different adventures, um, that he's done and, and has the things he's seen. I mean, he talked about his, his first, uh, you know, ghost experience in the Paris catacombs and, and just under seeing all that and hearing all that was really cool. So, um, you no, know, it was a great event this year. We sold out, a, I think we had like 65 people there. Awesome. Um, and so Josh, uh, gave a presentation. So did Jeff and, uh, it, it was just really cool to have, um, I mean, Josh alone is, is an awesome guy. And then to have Jeff there too, of, you know, his caliber and, 
right? Uh, being able to hear him in front of us talking and not seeing him on a screen was, was really <laughs> cool. Uh, and he's just a really humble, down to earth guy. Uh, he is. He, yeah. Yeah, he was really nice. He met, I mean, he met our kids and um, it was, uh, it was really neat to, to have him just kind of see the personal side of everything too. And it was funny, we were watching um, the shock docs earlier today and it was the Robert the doll one. And my husband looks at our son, who's going to be four here in about a week. And he goes, (laughs) Hey, guess who's, guess who's going to be on the screen. And he kind of looks at us and he goes, it's a guy, it's someone you've met recently. He goes, Jeff. watching and he was watching uh-huh. and, um and then Jeff would come on the screen he goes oh it's Jeff uh-huh. <laughs> so that was kind of cool too like our son really um remembers people and and so that was really cool for him oh. to have such an impact yeah oh that is so sweet I, I mean yeah. and yeah Jeff is a good friend of ours 100% nicest guy in the paranormal and and yeah. and just very down to earth really funny uh yeah. It's just as he's done so much for us and it's, it's just always Mm -hmm. such a pleasure to listen to him and watch him. He's been, he's, and he's all over, he's all over. He's, he's done here in our little tiny town. So Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Great guy. And an awesome guy to have at, at something like that. Um, So what about, for sure. We'll definitely have him again. He's unfortunately not able to come next year. Um, he's booked already. I bet. Uh, I know. Busy, busy guy. So, but we definitely, um, are going to have him back at some point. Oh, sweet. So do you guys have any special plans for Halloween at your, your buildings? Um, not at our buildings. No, we, we do have some people investigating that weekend. Uh, we, uh, it's our son's birthday on the 30th. Oh, great. So we don't do a lot um, I don't blame you. Um, outside of that because uh, we, we want to focus on him. But, um, yeah, we, we do have people investigating on, on that weekend. Oh, of course. Oh, at, at, if I had had my kid on Halloween, oh, good Lord. Wow. <laughs> to me, that would be the world's most awesome birthday. Uh, <laughs> but that's just me. So I'm, I'm yeah. a Halloween fanatic. Um Future plans? What? Anything on the burner, or you're just gonna keep keep on keeping on? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, really. I mean, keep on keeping on. But we do have we are planning our next year's a walk in the past event. So we oh, are working right. on. Um, of course, we'll have Josh heard back, and then we are working um, right now with a management team um, to get our second special guest. So um, stay tuned for that. Hopefully, we'll have somebody. <laughs> Uh, we'll hopefully have somebody locked in here in the next week or so, um, for, for next year. Um, but that is in the works. Um, and yeah, I mean, really at this point we're, we're working on possibly doing some public, uh, paranormal investigations as well, where we would lead and guide, um, groups of maybe 20 or so, um, for a, a short amount of time, maybe four or five hours for an investigation, uh, so people who aren't quite into the field yet or want to be into the field can come and experience that. But um, and then possibly we were Josh and I for a outside of our what we do for the the Benton County, we're trying to decide if we're going to make another trip to Malvern Manor here soon, which that's Josh Hurd's location here in that's, Iowa. So, 
Awesome. So <laughs> we have to go. They're gonna okay. they're gonna boot me out of yeah. here in a minute. Katie, thank you so much. You wonderful guest. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I wish thank you guys you. all the best. Thank you so much. It was great to be on the show. Uh, you're welcome. And happy Halloween, everybody. And we will have another show for you next week. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.